I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. everybody from the UT campus. Hey, let's get a sound check from Thomas Stafford's up here at the uh, podium here. All right, well, we'll work on that. We'll get that ready there as Thomas is up there getting ready for uh, a news conference. That's why we're here, obviously, for uh, the news conference for Rodney Terry to be introduced officially as the uh, Longhorns head basketball coach. Good morning and welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Yes, we're live from the UT campus. And uh, coming up at the top of the hour, next hour, uh, we'll hear from uh, Rodney Terry, the Longhorns' uh, full-time permanent head coach uh, of the uh, Longhorn basketball team. So we'll hear uh, from him coming up. Jeff Howe will be along shortly. We'll visit with him. Obviously, uh, Jeff will join me, and we'll uh, bring you the program. Our producer, as always, back in our Horn studios is none other than Cameron Parker, not through a bunch of stuff at cam late 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 last night going okay here's what we're gonna do we do this and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this and cam just sends me a two-word thing got it afterwards because that's just you're just like that constant level lake you're just you're just rolling right along how you doing cam i'm doing good craig i'm excited for uh, rodney terry and the ut basketball program and yeah after about a year year or two in the radio business you kind of get used to things being thrown at you so yeah Actually, the actual words he had were, sounds good. I just looked at it. Sounds good. <laughs> ready to go. Uh, ready to go there. So that, that is good. And, um, and it, like I said, we'll look forward to bringing you uh, the news conference coming up here in uh, just a little while. Uh, also, other things uh, to discuss, uh, certainly uh, with Coach Terry uh, becoming uh, just a uh, Interim and no longer interim, but uh, full time, uh, Coach Terry. Uh, there are things, uh, good news to report in that uh, we heard from Ron Holland, the Texas signee yesterday, who's at the uh, McDonald's All Star Game. He took part in the uh, in the the skills competition, the slam dunk yesterday, and of course the McDonald's All American Game uh, tonight. And um, he reaffirmed his commitment. Of course, he is a, is a signee. And, and we're always quick to point out the difference between someone being a commitment and someone a commit and someone being a signee. And he is a signee uh, and has uh, – but reaffirmed the fact that he'll be on campus this fall. And so it's a um, – it's, you know, a big moment, obviously, for those guys. There'll be a lot – clearly, 
there will be questions uh, additionally for uh, Coach Terry with regard to uh, the players who will be returning and uh, those who might be returning and where it goes in terms of uh, the recruiting from here because they'll still be working on that. And then, of course, there is the always, always in today's age and time of college basketball, there is always the question of the portal. Uh, players who stay, players who go, things things of that nature. And, uh, you know, Rodney has already had clearly to navigate that part of it being on uh, Chris Beard's staff first. And then assuming control of the program, then that means control of all of those other things as well. Uh, and looking into the transfer portal and seeing not just players who might raise an eyebrow and players who might catch your attention and say, uh, hey, that looks like a guy that uh, we want to get because he was, he did X, fill in the blank, whatever, at blank university. Uh, he did that. Uh, but it's got to be the right fit, as we know. One of the things that you can definitely say about this uh, Longhorn basketball team and ha- having the six seniors on it this year and what Texas did in making its run, uh, winning the Big 12 Conference Tournament Championship and then going to the Elite Eight for the first time in 15 years is that the fit was proper, that the fit worked out in terms of the players who had come into the program the season before. And uh, Rodney was a big part of that in terms of of the recruiting element. I know much has been made of, for example, when Tyrese Hunter transferred in, uh, what an important role that uh, Marcus Carr played in that, and he did. And Rodney was very quick to point that out. In fact, even before him, Chris Beard was, but certainly Rodney Terry was uh, very quick to point out that perhaps the biggest part of that was Marcus Carr's conversations with Tyrese Hunter, just as you could say the same thing about Timmy Allen and Serge Jabari Rice with his transfer in to the university. By the way, and I, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the broadcast, uh, either Friday night against Xavier or Sunday in the Elite Eight game against Miami. Uh, Timmy Allen's brother, Teddy, was there. And Teddy... He played at West Virginia. That's where a lot of us saw him. And then, of course, finished at New Mexico State where he was a teammate of Sir Jabari Rice. And Jabari and I talked about this because um, I think what I had heard uh, from Rodney Terry and from some others connected with the UT program was that when Jabari entered the transfer portal and attention to his skill set and his a dynamic way of affecting a basketball program was drawn to Bob Donawald uh, on Rodney's staff, his own Chris Beard's staff at the time, and, of course, uh, Rodney's staff after uh, Rodney took over the, the uh, job full-time. In addition to that, there was the whole question of whether the fit would be right, not only right for the Texas program, but also right for Jabari Rice. And so... He was talking with Teddy Allen about it, his teammate at New Mexico State, and said, and of course Teddy's eligibility had expired by then. And he asked uh, Teddy, what do you think about Texas? And he goes, why don't you just call my brother? 
you know, we'll, we'll get it from him because he will shoot straight with you. He will tell you how it is. And I asked Jabari about that. He said, yeah, that's what it is. And I and, uh, got Timmy on the phone uh, with it. And uh, Timmy was a big part of it. So, so Teddy Allen was at the games Friday night and Sunday. If you see them standing beside one another, especially right now with the specific hairstyles both were sporting with cornrows, the whole thing, they're not twins, but they look like it. Uh, there was there was quite the resemblance. He was he, put it this way: he was pretty easy to pick out in the Texas fan group. Ah, oh, there's Teddy uh, sitting up there. So he he played a big part of it. But the point of all of this is the fit. Uh, and and Jabari Rice was a great fit into that program for one year. And you see that happen across the country with the transfer portal guys who are an outstanding fit. Other ones, perhaps not as much on some programs. But some teams, they have a really good fit. For the Texas women's team, uh, just thinking about it, Shayla Gonzalez, outstanding fit for that program. Uh, Taylor Jones, outstanding fit for that program. So, uh, you know, that's part of the big um, consideration that has to go into the for uh, whether you pursue someone who has put his name into the transfer portal, him or her. Um, I know Danny Davis had tweeted out from the Austin American Statesman that he had a conversation with Vic Schaefer yesterday, and that Vic said he did not. He said, you know, the, the game and things being uh, in the state that they are today, you never say every anything with one hundred percent absolute certainty, but he felt eminently confident that he would not lose any players to the transfer portal. Now we'll see what happens on that. that that's the other big consideration of all of this, uh, whether you get someone in the transfer portal, whether you lose someone, how you balance it out, and then overall, of course, like we said, the fit and what really works uh, for the program. So those are some things to keep in mind. All right, um, we're going to take a break here. We'll, uh, we're going to get uh, to our breaks a little bit earlier today because we want to make sure that we start everything on time right at the top of the hour with the news conference. And so we'll do that. Uh, but we do have our usual things. We will have a Longhorn Notebook uh, with Jeff. Uh, we'll, uh, we're going to do also our Flex 30 update this hour uh, with Cameron. We'll do that. And uh, we do have Inconceivable, so we will do all of those things and clear the deck and get you ready uh, for the Rodney Terry News Conference. Coach Terry, will uh, there'll be the uh, formal introduction of him as the head basketball coach of the University of Texas. There'll be the news conference with the Q&A, and then uh, RT will come over and join us uh, for a brief conversation after. So we look forward to doing uh, all of that and uh, bringing it all to you right here as we come your way here from the UT campus here on the horn on Light the Tower, here on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe.
Now, this Loverboy song from 1983 is, is working for the weekend, obviously. Um, and um, it, it makes me, of course, we're, we're working on it. Um, uh, but whenever I hear a Loverboy song, I can't help but think about it. In 1983, uh, when I was uh, selling T-shirts to put my way through uh, school and I was working with man, I was on tour, uh, working the Journey Tour, the Frontiers Tour. And we were in Boise, Idaho, in Boise. And so the trucks pull up and all the products being brought in and just just hundreds of dozens of shirts and all this stuff. And the arena people are sitting there and they're watching this and going, y'all bringing in entirely too much product. And uh, our managers are like, really? They said, we had Loverboy here and we only averaged 250 a head. And they said, yeah, this is Journey and they're averaging $13 a head. <laughs> and they were like, Really? Yeah. And, of course, they sold it all out, and that was it. So Loverboy had their moment, but Journey was Journey. So uh, that was uh, that was back in the uh, summer of 1983 when uh, Journey was touring with Brian Adams. That's also the tour where uh, in Idaho, because we had two shows, one in Boise and one in Pocatello. And when we were in Pocatello on the campus of Idaho State, that's where Brian Adams on stage called everybody Spud Butts. Hey, how you doing, you spud butts? And they were all like, what? What? Yeah. Uh, Brian Adams, yeah. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I just, you know, the, the, the random things that come to mind, especially when you hear a Loverboy song. Uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, get to our Flex 30 update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by... Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. Well, high school uh, baseball continues to take center stage, and also the soccer playoffs are going on. Uh, and in the middle of it, certainly, is Cameron Parker and, as Aaron Hogan likes to say, the crew. Uh, ready for uh, Flex ATX tomorrow night. Uh, what, what do you got cooking on the show tomorrow evening? Yeah, so in the words of Thin Lizzy, the boys will be back together tomorrow night. Uh, Zach Lucero, <laughs> The myself. boys are back in town. Yeah, everyone's back in town. No, no golf tournaments, no uh, family vacation. So we talked about baseball yesterday, Craig, how the Westlake Shaps, they were undefeated in their district. Well, I think because they were just announced their number 13th ranked team, according to Max Preps nationally, not just in the state, but nationally, we're going to try and have some of the Westlake baseball guys on the show tomorrow night, uh, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock right here on the Horn, or you can listen on the hornfm.com podcast network just under Flex ATX. You feel that uh, Westlake is the best 6A team in the state of Texas? Ooh. I know what Max Pratt says. I don't always agree with everything Max Pratt uh, says or does. We can start by if they can get actual current rosters on the website but that's another story i, I digress uh do you uh it, would you say they're the best 6a team in the state i haven't seen them up and up in front yet um i know round rock probably has the best pitcher in the state but i, I wonder what westlake's bats are like but that, that's a tough question I, I need to see them play in person though yeah okay all right well that'll be that'll be fun to see uh it, you know if as it develops since both are obviously in Region 4, and uh, you said there were there was bi-district playoff action soccer over the weekend. Do we have do we have uh, area round action coming tonight, or is that not until 
next week. Yeah, I believe it starts, the coming weekend. it starts tonight. I know Round Rock yep. the girls will be taking on Reagan, both Round Rock and I believe Vander or Round Rock and Dripping Springs, both of their boys and girls won. So I believe they're all in action uh, tonight, maybe even tomorrow for the area round. Okay, all right. Uh, that will uh, that'll all be part. They'll uh, keep you uh, abreast of all of that information. So. Uh, that'll be coming up. All right, so there it is. There's our uh, Flex 30 update. Now, uh, Jeff's going to join us here momentarily, and when he does, we'll have our uh, Longhorn Notebook uh, for this hour. But uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of lead into a little bit with a little bit of Major League Baseball stuff. And then, obviously, there's Texas baseball to talk about uh, with this game over in the Brazos Valley. And I'll be headed out from here over to College Station. Uh, Keith Moreland and I will be uh, over to call the game tonight between Texas and Texas A&M. But first, a couple of Major League Baseball things. Now, Cam, um, you're, I, I, if I remember correctly, you're familiar with uh, the Astros AAA team, are you not? If I, know, uh, if, if, if I... So it's not the Round Rock Express anymore, correct? No, no, they're the Rangers AAA. So are they are they Corpus Christi? No, that's their Double A. Okay, that's the Hooks. Their AAA is in Sugarland. Ah, the Skeeters. It, it used to be the Skeeters. Now they're the Sugarland Space Cowboys. Ah, and uh, yeah, uh, they they changed that, uh, and they're the the Sugarland Space Cowboys, and. Uh, they, uh, I got a chance, Linda and I were watching, we were watching some of the Dodgers angels game last night. We were flipping around and I flip over to, uh, ATT, uh, Sportsnet, I guess, Houston. And, uh, there's probably a few bigger Astro fans. You know, you, you, you've got Jeff Howe, you've got Aaron Hogan and you have our own Patrick Davis. Who's a here, who's here. And you knew, you knew that it was that it was the Sugarland Space Cowboys, right? You you knew that about yeah. uh, the Astros, AAA, yes. right? Yes. Okay. So last night, the Astros were playing the Space Cowboys at Constellation Field in Sugarland. The okay. Astros were playing there. Playing I, I know. I know they sunk a ton of money into that park, though. Yeah, and it's a cool ballpark. I, yeah. I, when they were independent minor league, and it's a really good story. Uh, you know, as an independent, they were an independent minor league uh, in that Eastern League. And then when the contraction happened a few years ago where the amount of minor league teams shrunk and the rookie leagues were pretty much uh, dumped at that point, uh, the, uh, what they did was some, some teams just got completely closed out, wiped out, weren't around anymore, and then others were brought in or elevated. For example, a team in my hometown, Greensboro, got elevated to double A or high A ball from low A ball. And, and, then, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here are the Sugarland Skeeters, now the Space Cowboys, and it's a cool ballpark. Uh, for folks who haven't seen it before, if you remember the old Arlington Stadium where the Rangers played, they had a big, gigantic State of Texas scoreboard, and they have that at Constellation Field. Nice. So it was kind of cool yeah. seeing, seeing that at a AAA ball. No, I know they because I know the Astros spent a lot of money because they're so invested in their farm system on like mm-hmm. the training facility and everything. They would send a guy down for rehab, and they'd be like, Do you understand when you send me down here, you're doing more damage than good, right? Because I don't, they don't have the tubs, they don't have any of this other stuff, so I can't rehab like how I do at the ball, Astros ballpark. Yeah. So when I'm coming down here, I'm actually losing days of recovery. So they were like, yeah, that's silly. We, we need to spend all that money. So they spent like $400-something million or something like that uh, down to it, making Sugarland. That's one of the reasons they wanted to move from Express to Sugarland, so they make the drive easier. 
Okay. So okay. They could. It's a little bit. It's closer. Yeah. To Houston, so that the the training staff and everybody else could go help out in Sugarland more. Well, we're seeing that more and more. Uh, we're seeing that with uh, major league teams with their AAA ball clubs being pretty close. In fact, uh, the, the Rangers AAA being in Round Rock, being close to 200 miles away or 180 miles away, it's becoming more the exception than the rule uh, with that because uh, you think about in, uh, the Atlanta Braves AAA is Gwinnett. Uh, so there, there's some that are still uh, a bit of a distance out, no doubt about it. But it was, it was kind of cool to see that game at that ballpark at Constellation Field. Uh, last night, um, uh, Jeff Hamill's now here w- yep. w- with us. And uh, is, Gwinnett, you, is Gwinnett in Cobb County, by the way? It is. No, well, uh, or is it in Gwinnett County? I don't know. It's actually I, the the Braves ballpark, Truist Park. That's in Cobb County. Truist Bank, a big sponsor of the University of Texas. By That's where the, way, the big boss man was from, Craig. He was from Cobb County. Well, yeah. Patrick smiles and nods because he knows. <laughs> Okay, all right, uh, and, and that's a cool ballpark, by the way, Truist Park, uh, in Atlanta. Um, but it's it's in Gwinnett County, I guess, the Gwinnett Braves. Can I take this chair over there when the press conference starts? You want to do that? Just you, you just come over there and killing me the last couple of days, so it just feels like it just sits up a little higher. Yeah, yeah, you could do quite that, comfortable. That, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, with Jeff's arrival, and it's perfect timing. We were right up against it. It is time now for our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Where do we go with this notebook now? Uh, I haven't gotten to do kind of a post-mortem on being a basketball No, you hadn't. Because I wasn't here yesterday. It's kind of interesting. It'll be kind of uh, an omega to the alpha because yeah. because Rodney will be along for the news conference at the top of the hour. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, my post-game column, it was part, part analysis from the Miami game, part kind of big picture sure and the, the analysis from the Miami game part was that I you know we got some good stuff on the podium uh Brock Cunningham mm-hmm. uh Timmy Allen Marcus Carr were made available and, and then you get you know the open locker room access I, I just thought I got you know just really good kind of raw stuff from both Jabari Rice and Tyrese Hunter and both of them talked about kind of the same thing and that's really what took me down the path you know you think you could start with an idea and then you get a couple of answers that are intriguing you think okay maybe I need to look deeper into this both of them pointed to Kind of that eight-minute stretch where they go up by 13, and then in about eight minutes and three seconds, I think was the exact time, then you're down by one. Yep. And both of them said, look, we said, there's basically there's no excuses. Like, you can point to the officiating, you can point to a number of different things. They said, we were up by 13, and then we got down by one because we didn't make shots and we didn't get stops. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it boiled down to. And, you know, both of those guys uh, talked about the fact that uh, – just in the sense of not being able to make shots. Like I said, when, when you're not making shots, uh, you know, Jabari said he felt like Miami was just doing a much better job of denying he and Marcus Carr the ball. Uh, and you know, Tyrese, I thought, had the best point in that. Because uh, I asked him about not getting – I talked to Jabari first and then Tyrese. And then in talking to Tyrese, when he, I was, we were talking about not making shots, he said, he said but you, even if you look at other games we played, he said, when we weren't making shots, we still were able to go down and get some stops. Sure. And they just didn't do that. And, and you know, I I don't – I, I want to make sure – you know, I know people can talk about, well, you blew a lead, and people use the, the choke term or whatever. I don't think that's giving credit to Miami. That's a really, really talented Miami team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we it, saw it firsthand, but you, you and I both sitting courtside and watched what they did to the number one seed, Houston, on Friday well, night. And, we, and I think it's a frame of reference for us because, you know, with watching college basketball in this part of the country, we all know how good Houston is. Mm-hmm. And 
after about what, Craig, probably about the 10-minute mark of the first half, that was all Miami yep. in that game. And it wasn't like a fluke. They were making shots. And, you know, credit Wuga Poplar for keeping them in that game. Uh, He's I, my buddy now. Yeah, yeah. By the way, you still you still okay? You good? I'm still okay. Everything I was, dried out. I was really worried that you hit the back of your head when you fell. I, I did go, you know, feet askew up in the mm-hmm. air. I did I did go flying. And you were right there to witness it. Thanks to Cedric Golden and the Austin American Saints. He, he kind of helped me up, and I was – Trying to keep up. By the way, somebody on the Specs text line yesterday, and then somebody else had tweeted, "Do we have audio of it?" Do I know? No, I'm no. happy to say no. Because I, that actually, was, if you listen to the that Archive was the most amazing part was Craig on his back looking up at the ceiling, never stopped calling the game. <laughs> because fortunately, it was at a stoppage <laughs> since it went out of bounds, and then, and then you saw never. Marcus Carr laughing, come over and fist yeah. bump me afterwards. Yeah. Uh, that, it, it was. Yeah, it was. That uh, was right before Teddy Allen was inbounding the ball right in front of us, and there was a paper sitting in front of Cedric Golden. And Timmy, with the veteran move, grabs the. It's literally, it's like a, the first half box score, wipes, hit a cut on his shoulder, wipes the blood off, and then the savvy veteran move just kind of pulls his jersey over the, uh-huh. the cut so the official can't see it. He, he, he did do that, and then, like I said yesterday, I compared it to when somebody said, What did it sound like? I said, It sounded like that Eddie Murphy uh, uh, routine. Uh, there when when uh, when his aunt falls down the st- <laughs> my shoe it was it was that kind of thing while trying to stay on the air but I, I was fine I was fine That's, but but you were bringing up Wuga Poplar yeah he uh, he kept them in that game yep. I mean Jordan Miller literally had to be perfect yeah in that game for Miami to win and kept him in the game long enough Isaiah Wong I thought Marcus Carr did a phenomenal job on him defensively in the first half mm-hmm. Isaiah Wong didn't have but maybe four or five good minutes in that game. They were just the four or five minutes that counted. No doubt. And so you give Miami credit, great season by Texas. But, you know, just like the, the deal in December didn't define this team, I don't, I don't think that eight minutes defines what this team did. I mean, they were in, they were in every single game they played. Uh, you know, they won the most conference games this program has won since the Big 12 went to that 10-team format. They won the conference tournament championship. They were up. They were in the race for the conference regular season going into the last week of the season. So, And then you talk about their tournament success. It's the first time they've been to the second weekend since, since 2008. So you, you start tying all that stuff together. It's a great year. It's a phenomenal year. It's a memorable year. But, you know, what that eight minutes boils down to is – Unfortunately for everybody, we'll never know how close this team would have gotten to cutting down the nets in Houston if not right. for that eight-minute stretch. So you, get to, you can get over to Horns 24-7 and read my column on that. But the, the other thing, Craig, and I've, I've pointed this out. I think I've, I've said this on this show multiple times. I know I've written about it on the site, and I've mentioned it on our message board. I've been covering teams like on a daily basis at this place. The fall of 2012 was my first year as a beat writer. I don't know that I've had – that I've enjoyed being around a team more than I enjoyed being around this basketball Great team. point. Uh, just a good – and I think part of that is you've got guys that have been in college for a minute, so you're dealing with, you know, 21, 22, in the case of Brock Cunningham, 30-year-olds. Uh, you know, you're dealing with guys that have had real-life real experiences at this point, and I think it, it puts those guys in a different mind frame, gives them a different perspective. And I think a lot of that's even rubbed – even when you talk to, you know, a, a Dylan Mitchell, you talk to the younger guys on this team, 
I think being around the older guys has kind of given everything they've been through this season has given those guys a, a different perspective. I mean, Arterio Morris is, is not mm-hmm. the same guy right now that he was when he got to campus. And Dylan Mitchell had one of his better games since yeah. being on campus in the second round game. Both of those guys, it, it, both of those guys on Sunday you know, mm-hmm. gave this team – I mean, I'll credit Dylan Mitchell for this. Does he have a long way to go? Yeah, but he, he battled his tail off yeah. and I think did that a couple of times in the postseason. The first-round game against Colgate, I thought, really battled mm-hmm. his tail off. Arterio Morris gave you two huge three-pointers yep. in the first half to help you build that lead. But it's, it's, a, it's a mature team. It's a, it's a, you know, a thoughtful team. Uh, you know, just a, Again, just a really good group of dudes to be around. A group of people – and I, I don't say this, you know, you know any kind of you – know, facetiously or anything like that it's a group of guys that these are the kind of guys that you would want in your community these are the kind of guys you would go, want to go to work in an office with every day the kind of people that you would want to you know having a, a small group at church or anything like that just a, a good and, and i think for this fan base you should be as proud of that as you are the on-court accomplishments. It's, it's that good of a group of guys. Well, when you were sitting in the, in the news conference, there was Rodney Terry when before he got choked up and stuff. He said, these are guys I'm going to be at their weddings. Yeah. These are the guys I'm going to be in touch with them right after they have their, their first children because of the bonds. That, that, that might have been the one word I heard the guys use more than anything else other than maybe together. But other than that – Bonds, the bonds that they that they put together, I thought was very important. Yeah, and you what? It's really it's been neat to and, and to hear guys talk about you know the friendships that they form. Like it was funny. I I think it was after the uh, or before the Penn State game in Des Moines. You know, Timmy was Timmy Allen was talking about. It. He's like, look, I'll be honest. He's like, and I've told him this, so it's not nothing I haven't told him. He said, when I first got here, he said I did not like Brock Cunningham. He said I couldn't stand Brock, and now they've become <laughs> really really good friends. Uh, you know, Tyrese and Jabari, when both of those guys got here at the same time, that was very much a competitive relationship. And now they they go out to eat together. They're all over town together. They're, they're, they've become really good friends. So, again, it, it's it's stuff that's – and I even mentioned this. It, the, the, the way fans remember this team is going to be a lot like the interpersonal relationships these guys have where long after everybody that's a part of this team – you know, hangs up their jersey and sneakers and is done with basketball, this thing is going to last long, long, long after that. No doubt about it. All right, that's our Longhorn Notebook for this hour. Of course, we're here for the press conference with uh, for Rodney Terry being introduced uh, officially as the head basketball coach at the University of Texas. Uh, coming up, we will have Inconceivable. We'll get to that when we continue with Light the Tower here on the Horn, 104.9, 101.9, AM 1260. We're live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Craig Way and Jeff Howe light the tower. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's got a lot of potential. Uh, inconceivable. First of all, I'm glad um, that uh, Jeff is back to chime in with us on Inconceivable. Because Absolutely. I'll tell you what's inconceivable. Scott McConnell in a sport jacket. That's inconceivable. <laughs> it's a, no, uh, you know, we've got, I, I've heard a lot of conversation about this, Jeff. <coughs> Folks, uh, it, and there was a lot of social media buzz about how coaches have gone to the more casual look. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them have. Uh, Big Schaefer's still in coat and tie, and some uh, still do. But Mick Cronin at UCLA Cronin, is one. Yeah, and, and, and some like it and some don't and all that sort of stuff. You can directly tie it to one event. The pandemic. Yeah. 
And by, by the way, Bob. So Bob Huggins was trending in that department long before anybody else was. Yes, he was. Did Bob you, Knight. Yeah. Did you notice? Uh, did you hear Mick Cronin's press conference after their loss? No. To, uh, to, Gonzaga. to Gonzaga. He. Uh, it was. I've decided Salty Mick Cronin is. Yeah. Salty Mick Cronin might be one of my favorite press conference yeah. coaches. Uh, they said, Coach, would you like to make an opening statement? He said, No. He said, No. He said, I had to wait 33 minutes to get in here. There's my opening statement. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, well, uh, you know, that's that's brought about a lot of conversation uh, on social media. Somebody, uh, it was our good friend Dave Barnett, who tonight, as the voice of the Mean Green, will be calling North Texas semifinal game in the NIT in Las Vegas against Wisconsin. Dave made the point on social media because folks are saying, oh, I think it's just, they should be dressing up. He said, think back to the pandemic. When coaches went to Indianapolis, they couldn't pack a dozen suits. Right. So uh, if they were there for over three weeks. So they had to pack as, as well as they could. And, again, the pandemic, and it just kind of rolled on from there. You knew it probably would. Some coaches do dress for it. Uh, others don't. But it's probably more a trend of those uh, not dressing uh, there as, as it comes down to that. Uh, okay. Uh, I know you'll, you'll like this. Uh, first of all, you're always a big fan of uh, lottery stories, right? You, you've always yeah you always like lottery stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a story pretty recently about someone from Delaware winning, I think, the billion dollar one. Um, somebody just won, um, which by lottery standards, not that big a deal. Five million bucks. Now, five million bucks to you, or five million bucks to me, or to a lot of the people in this room, that's pretty significant change. I would say yeah. this guy from Delaware won five million dollars. On vacation. So, <laughs> yeah, on vacation. Uh, 66-year-old Peter Sullivan, uh, he had gone to Florida and was just hanging out. He was at Delray Beach. He purchased a $20 scratch-off from Publix. Now, if, if folks don't know, Publix is a big grocery store yes. chain. In Florida, it started in Florida. It's in the South and on the East well, Coast. What HEB is to us here in South and Central Texas, Publix is. To yes, them. yes. That's the the certain states. In when, the South. when we were on vacation in and uh, in, in before the nuptials in Myrtle Beach, Linda really liked Publix. They had that there. Of course, now it did not replace Food Lion for her, <laughs> you know, or she likes to call it Lion King, uh, you know, because there'd be Food King, Food Lion. She called it Lion King. It was her nickname for it. But Publix. So this dude walks into a Publix. Yeah, why not? $20 scratch off. Millsboro, Delaware. And, yeah, $5 million. Here's what I've always found interesting about if if you live in a different state than where you get a lottery ticket, do some state lotteries have it to where you have to be a resident of that state to claim the prize? I don't think so. Okay, that's what's always giving me pause about buying a scratch off ticket in another state. And this dude is right up your alley. He wants the lump sum. That's what I'm talking You're about, all about man. your lump. You, you want the lump. The payout over 20 years. I might die crossing the street tomorrow. Ain't nobody uh, got time for all that. Okay. You could leave it to Charlotte, you know. Or I could have it now and yeah, enjoy it now. you could. So did this dude. Lump sum. He didn't get the five mil. $3,960,000. That you've got right now. Yeah. And, and, and you know it's there. and you can. That's do, the you check. Can, now you got to pay your taxes on it, but, but still... Three point nine million. You can invest it. You can go, you know, do whatever you want with it. Yeah, yeah. You can go on another vacation. Exactly. 
buy some Maybe more lottery could, could tickets. You, could you buy a Publix with that? <laughs> you might be able to buy a a, uh, a franchise <laughs> with that. Um, uh, how big a fan are you of drones? Drones, uh, I think drones are creepy. Creepy? Yeah. You mean because kind of a little intrusive, spy-oriented type of thing? Is that why? I'm pretty sure... Uh, I'm pretty sure a prevert came up with the drone concept because, as innocent as it is, it could be it could very much be used for nefarious reasons. All right, now you've seen how Longhorn football uses the drones, right? And most college football teams do use yeah. drones. Good camera angle, it gives up you top. a nice overhead angle, yeah. But then you've also got the uh, oh, I just happened to be flying by this house at uh-huh. a certain time. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. My my son, my youngest son, had a. a Got him a four hundred dollar drone. I, I for uh, he was really big into it. I got it for a birthday gift or what? And we were on vacation at the beach, and he's flying it down the beach, which was really cool. And then turned it over the top of the fishing pier and went down there. Yeah, and then he crashed it into the ocean. Yikes. Yeah, and didn't Trevor Bauer have a bit with? Uh, didn't he cut his finger, his hand yep. on the drone? Sure did. World Series. That was yeah. before his other issues. Wow. Uh, See, that he Pre- had. preverts and drones. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, a. Uh, drone was used in the Ukraine, and uh, it destroyed $50 million uh, worth of Russia's air defense signals. Jeez. It did that. $50 million within a matter of minutes. They destroyed two Russian air defense systems at very little cost. So they were being, you know, uh, economical, you might say. Just like the Andre the Giant of drones or something? Uh, something like that, you know. It, it could be. Yeah, why not? Um, so uh, so there's there's a uh, an effect on uh, the drones. Did you, you ever see Law Abiding Citizen, that movie where uh, Gerard Butler's the prisoner? He gets yes. revenge for his wife and daughter's murder. I do remember that. He had the little toy car gimmick that shot like uh, armor-piercing rounds. Right. blew up that, yeah. I imagine it was something like that. That's impressive. <laughs> um, you were on record as not being much of a coffee drinker, no. if I remember correctly. I did, did, you, have, did you ever I, drink it at all? I, I had coffee over the weekend, as a matter did of fact. Did you really? I got a latte at a local coffee shop there in the Kansas City metro area. Just like a regular latte? Yeah, I do the soy milk because, you know, coffee is a natural laxative. So if I do the coffee on top yeah, of the dairy, yeah. it could be... A, yeah. It'd be a rough afternoon. So yeah. I usually go soy or almond milk or something. Okay. Some kind of alternative. Stay away from the diuretic elements of it. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Now, Cameron, I, I, you're, you're a big coffee guy, right? You're, oh, yeah. You're, Drinking some you're right a, now. You're a coffee dude, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm trying to remember. Is that, a, is that a specific type of coffee that you're on board with? No, I'm, I'm pretty basic. Just either nice coffee with some creamer, and that's about it, or a regular coffee with creamer. Okay. Well... New study. I always like this new these studies, right? Um, we know that coffee is one of the most consumed beverages worldwide. And the pendulum's really kind of swung back and forth about the benefits and the drawbacks. There was what was called a small study as opposed to a large study or an extensive study. But uh, a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine late last week suggests both upsides and downsides of drinking coffee. Uh, If you drink at least one cup of coffee per day, and I try to limit mine to no more than two and normally just one, that that's, you know, a lot of people, you've you've done it yourself, Jeff, you've asked me, Cam has asked me about throat preservation Mm -hmm. with doing a lot of games. Caffeine constricts the vocal cords. So I try to limit it, but I do get that benefit of the upside 
Uh, as this study says, drinking at least a cup of coffee per day might make you move more but sleep less. And it might put you at a higher risk for one type of heart palpitation. So Dr. Gregory Marcus, a cardiologist and professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, said the big picture finding is that there is a single health-related consequence of consuming coffee, but that the reality is much more complicated than that. The great majority of the research on the topic has been observational, meaning we just look and see what happens to people who do and don't drink coffee, which is profoundly limited by the possibility that there may be some other characteristic that is driving whether someone happens to drink coffee. The only way to mitigate those potential effects is to conduct a randomized interventional trial. So what they did was they recruited 100 healthy adults who were Average age 39, that's you, average age 39, Jeff Howe, and they were from the San Francisco area. They equipped the participants with Fitbits to track their steps and their sleep, continuous blood glucose monitors, and electrocardiogram devices that track their heart rhythms. And each participant was randomly assigned to drink as much coffee as they wanted for two days, then abstain for two days. And then repeat that cycle over a two-week period. You know, get that vision of Kramer, you know. Well, I am a little bit and All the, uh, the lattes he was drinking. That, that sort of thing. Uh, on coffee drinking days, participants got an average. And get this. Got an average of 1,058 more steps than they did on the days when they didn't drink coffee. Okay. But on those days, sleep took a hit. The participants got 36 fewer minutes of shut-eye. So the more coffee they drank, the more physical activity, and the less sleep they got. So, I think we all kind of So let me that, get right? this straight. You needed a study <laughs> to help you prove that the more <laughs> caffeine you consume, the more energy you'll have during the day, but it might be harder to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad research dollars are being spent wisely in this. New country. England Journal of Medicine. So there you go with that. I, I, I thought you'd get a, get a kick on that. Uh, okay, i got one other story here. Uh, this this border's on the ugly and unpleasant as well. By the way, we've got the dignitaries filing in. Oh, you knew it was going to happen. Whenever there's a head coach hiring here, you're going to have that. T.J. Ford is here. Yes. I saw uh, Mark Henry, the world's strongest. I don't want to uh, say their hellos to Rodney when he comes in. Okay. Um, we're all very, very familiar with the Aaron Hernandez story. What happened uh, there, of course. Yeah, anytime you bring that name up, I wonder where you're going with this. So, Well, you're going to be ears. interested to find this out. Of course, Aaron Hernandez convicted in 2015 of murdering 27-year-old Odin Lloyd in North Attleboro, Massachusetts in 2013. The trial in the aftermath was covered closely by ESPN, among other outlets. And then, of course, Hernandez died by suicide in 2017. His younger brother, DJ Hernandez... Uh, was arrested last Thursday after allegedly throwing a brick at ESPN's headquarters in Bristol, Connecticut, uh, according to a report yesterday from TMZ. According to TMZ, after initially being turned away, Hernandez allegedly threw a brick in a plastic bag at the ESPN headquarters that also contained a note. Bristol, Connecticut police read the note. The note said, quote, to all media outlets, it's about time you all realize, and he spelled realize, R-E-A-L-E-Y-E-S, like real eyes, even though he did it as one word, realize 
the effect, he spelled effect, A-F-F-E-C-T. Yikes. Um, the effect, uh, that's his University of Connecticut education work there. Anyway, uh, the, the effect media has on all family members. Since you're a worldwide, he did it as two worlds instead of one, leader, maybe you could lead how media and messages are delivered brick by brick. Clean it up. Yours truly, Dennis J. Hernandez. He signed his name to it. Yeah. Through a brick. Signed his name. Police called him and said, did you throw a brick <laughs> at ESPN? And he said, I did. Okay, we're coming to arrest you. Okay. Um, so he did. Uh, he did. Uh, come, was arrested. He then promised not to return after being charged with misdemeanor breach of peace. But he will reportedly appear in court next month. I mean... If you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough, so mentally and physically. <laughs> that's, I guess that's a way to think of it as well. This is a guy who played football at UConn from 2005 to 2008. Uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I did. I, 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 uh, I, I, I threw the brick. He, had, he admitted to uh, throwing the brick. So uh, anyway, so uh, there's the deal. And so there is your inconceivable file. Uh, coming up, we'll uh, bring you the news conference live from the UT campus. So stay with us. Uh, as Jeff pointed out, dignitaries arrived here as well as the media. Rodney Terry going to be introduced as the permanent head basketball coach at the University of Texas. So that is coming up next. We'll bring you the news conference live. RT will come over and uh, chat with me uh, uh, right afterwards, and then we will uh, finish out light the tower as well so uh, we invite you to stay with us got a lot to come here from the ut campus here on light the tower on the horn 1049 1019 am 1260 we're live local and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com <laughs> 